Appamata and its programs are supported by your generosity and your generosity and support makes such a difference. You can find a link for contributions on the website at appamata.org. Thank you. Good morning all. Welcome to the Sunday program. Today we have a special day. Instead of having a regular Dharma talk, we're going to be celebrating uh, the Rakasu returning ceremony for John Miller and Anne and McCready. Um, <clears throat> to start with, I wanted to give a history of this ceremony as it's peculiar to Appamata. It's different from anywhere else. Um, so I'd like to talk about that and then also just give a, um, a little uh, talk about the steps that one goes through, what these folks have gone through to come to this point. So to start with the um, history, this particular ceremony of returning the Rakasu to the Sangha for people who have already taken the precepts. That wasn't heard of until um, Peg and Flint invented it. <laughs> and so um, it's just a really uh, amazing thing. Normally when uh, people sow a Rakasu, they, um, at other places, they sow their Rakasu, they give it to their teacher and they put their name on it, the teacher puts the name on it and they put their chop, put their, their signature, their stamp on it, and then they return it to the student to continue to wear. But I think that the thinking behind this on the part of both Peg and Flint was, we have a, rela a relational practice here at Appamata. So instead of just giving the Rakasu back to the student to have as their Rakasu from the get-go, the idea was to allow the Sangha to wear it for a year. So what it put in place was a very, uh, an amazing, generous gift on the part of the student. They've just made this thing. They've been working on it for a year. It's pristine and they've turned it over to the Sangha for the people who, as I said before, uh, have received precepts to wear for a year. So every day you have a choice as to whose Rakasu you're going to wear. Um, and then on the other side, so that's, it's a generous gift on the part of the student, kind of a gift with a nudge. And um, on the part of the uh, people wearing it, it's my experience has been a delightful thing where you pick up a Rakasu and you say, oh, this is Anne's Rakasu, cool. And look at this, she's got this kind of lining. It gives you a clue to, to the personality of the person, right? The, what they chose to put on the inside. And then you get to see what their name is and so on and so on. So it's kind of a cool thing. And it gives you, you start off Zazen with thinking about someone else, thinking about them for the day. So I just love that. It's, it's kind of a, it's a gift, I think, on both ends, you know, gift or receiver, you win both ways. So, and I think that, uh, it's also interesting to consider it in terms of Peg and Flint as teachers. Um, they've, 
they're so intentional. They were particularly intentional um, starting this place. And all along the way, as they changed different forms, there was a lot of consideration put into this. So making this change, you know, different from everyone else to um, create, to, to clearly represent this relational practice that we have here, that's in, imbued in this act of giving, giving up this thing for a year um, or letting people use it for a year. And, um, and then having an effect of building community just because you're wearing someone's moccasin, you're thinking about them. So it's kind of a community build, kind of a bond that's, it's not through talking. It's again, it's like meditation. It's through this action of wearing someone else's. And, and part of wearing it is realizing this is a brand spanking new thing. I better take care of it. No spilling coffee on this one, you know? So, um, so I think it's a delightful, delightful practice that was well thought through and, and just, a, yeah, a really nice practice. So um, what I also wanted to go over quickly is um, this ceremony, every ceremony, I believe, um, is an important step in the Dharma life of the Sangha member or of the Sangha. It's usually of the Sangha as a whole, but also to individuals. So in this case, the individuals are Anne and John. So um, I want to go through, as I said before, the steps that they've gone through to get to this point. So well, presumably they have arrived, they've been sitting a while, and they say, hmm, I think I'll take the precepts. So they spent one year studying the precepts. One, uh, it was a precepts a month. We spend a month on each precept. So it's like, not just like, I'll take up the way of non harming. Well, I don't harm anybody. Well, you have a month to think about that <laughs> and really look at it from a lot of different angles. So that's why the precepts are so wonderful. Um, it's, a, it's kind of a lived experience, you know. Um, so the other option is, is you, um, you either take the precepts and then you can start sewing, or you can be in the precepts with the permission of a teacher, and then you can start sewing uh, earlier. Okay, so that's the first step, and that's a pretty much a year-long process to, to sew that rakasu. It takes a long time. You're coming usually once a week for a couple of hours, um, and has Anne and John have been teaching that, and um, what a practice. And it's a delightful practice. You know, you think, oh, so, well, at least that's what I thought of sewing. And yet sitting there in the quiet, I especially like the quiet, um, there's something very sweet and very special about it. So anyway, they have a year of that. And then um, we've said a year with the precepts. Um, so this is a lot of time and dedication, both of those things, we've got two years down. Um, and then, so the Rafasu is finished and they turn it over to the teacher. The teacher, as I said before, writes their name on it, their Dharma name, and they do their stamp and it's ready to go. And then the, basically the teacher uh, will put it into circulation 
for other people who have taken the precepts to wear. That's a requirement for wearing a, a rakasu is having taken the precepts. So um, it's up for them to wear. So again, we have the generosity and then this connection that we have through this process. So then we come to the last step. A year has gone by. Your rakasus, your beautiful new rakasus have been worn by people the whole year. And it's imbued with, I think, the essence of the energy of people. And, um, and them thinking about you all year round when they picked up your rakasu. So then we come to today. And today is the day that we uh, formally return the rakasus to the students once more for them to, they can wear it as their own. Some people put it back in circulation, but you know, a lot of people just take it to wear for their own. So it's the end of the journey with that end of the journey of that end of that journey. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, is today, and then you continue to wear the robe and, and still work with what that means. That never ends. So um, the finalization of this event today involves uh, will be articulating once again our connection to our ancestors through our renunciation, the confirmation of the practice of the precepts, engaging in the practices of repentance, taking refuge in the three treasures, and living by vow. These are all the things that are incorporated in this process. <clears throat> so now I just want to give a brief introduction to Anne and John, just a brief bio. Um, Anne has uh, served as a council member on Council 4 for some four years. And uh, Anne's been on Council yeah, it's been on it for four years. Um, and uh, she, she has a lot of technological skills. And when we came into Zoom land, which was new to all of us, Anne was right there to help us figure out how to do the AV monitor. She and Kim were working at it madly, which saved us <laughs> incredibly because it was a brand, brand new thing for everybody. Um, also, Anne has been active in the Sangha for a long time, and her practice has led her to doing a lot of interesting programs in other places as well. And one is she participated in a street retreat um, with people experiencing homelessness. Um, and she also, by doing that, also raised money um, for that project um, with that particular Sangha. What was that? What was that Sangha? Um, the song goes that um, Red Loaf Mountain, um, Blanky, Zen community, and, okay. and, and through, it's a Zen peacemakers. Zen peacemakers. And we, you know, we raise money for some of the um, organizations that serve people experiencing homelessness. Yeah, okay. Um, and also, Anne has taken various courses that uh, are offered at Spirit Rock on, on right speech. They're, based on um, uh, the, the organization of um, 
that deal with with right speech and um, I can't remember, I'm blanking on what that's called. But anyway, um, so she's taken probably three courses or and repeated a couple. So anyway, so Anne has been a very valuable member of our song. And we're very I'm glad to have her and to be celebrating this with her today. Um, John has uh, has a checkered past. No. <laughs> now, John um, came to us nine years ago for the first time, and then um, he's been steadily here for the last five plus years. So he's been here a while. He's been a, a member with of the Flower Committee, which I personally am very happy. Um, he's had some beautiful creations, <clears throat> and uh, he's helped Anne Lipscomb. Uh, Anne Lipscomb, sitting on my side, is, is the uh, sewing teacher, and has helped him. Uh, has he has helped her with teaching the sewing online to the online sangha. In fact, he has prepared a number of videos to assist them, um, and so that's been a great help. And unfortunately, he's decided to move. <laughs> Good for him. And we wish him well, but we're going to miss him. But he'll still be helping out. He's um, offered to help out with the online sewing sangha um, still. So that's just wonderful. We really, we really appreciate that. So um, we'd like to thank both of you for all of the support you've given to our sangha and um, all your activities. So with that, I'd like to to start with the actual ceremony with the invocation. So um, let's see. We need you to come up. Both of you to come up here. Invoking the presence and compassion of our ancestors in faith that we are Buddha, we enter Buddha's way. Walking the path of the Bodhisattva is accomplished through the spirit and actuality of renunciation. All the Buddha ancestors of the Bodhisattva precept lineage have practiced and are still practicing renunciation of all attachments. To sustain and confirm the practice of the Bodhisattva precepts, for their meaning is in living them, we now remind you of your sacred vow to live abiding by the precepts. Over the course of this past year, you have undoubtedly encountered many opportunities to practice with the precepts you have taken to heart. Do you continue to uphold them as a guide for the expression of wisdom and compassion in your life? Yes, I, I do. do. One year ago, we said, you have gone beyond the karma of body, speech, and mind, and have, freed, have been freed from greed, hate, and delusion. Oh, good disciples of Buddha, now you may live in the way of the three treasures. You are seated with Buddha, 
and are really Buddha's child. We asked, will you receive these precepts? What did you say? Yes, yes I, I will. will. Together, we chanted the verses of repentance, refuge, and vow. Remember that I said then, Peg said that, you have returned to your original nature, free from attachments and limited ways. From now, awakening is your teacher. All beings are your teacher. Do not be fooled by other ways. This is the path of mercy for all existence and things. Finally, you received the three pure precepts. Please repeat them one by one after me. I vow to refrain from all evil. I vow to refrain from all evil. I vow to do all that is good. I vow to do all that is good. I vow to clarify the mind for the benefit of all beings. I vow to clarify the mind for the benefit of all beings. And the ten grave precepts repeat each after me. I vow not to kill or harm that which is living. I vow not to kill or harm that which is living. I vow not to steal or take what is not freely given. I vow not to steal or take what is not freely given. I vow not to misuse sexuality or manipulate others seductively. I vow not to misuse sexuality or manipulate others seductively. I vow not to lie and to refrain from deception. I vow not to lie and to refrain from deception. I vow not to intoxicate mind or body of self or others. I vow not to intoxicate body or mind of self or others. I vow not to slander or allow silence to harm others. I vow not to slander or allow silence to harm others. I vow not to praise self at the expense of others. I vow not to praise self at the expense of others. I vow not to grasp what I have or be envious of what I don't. I vow not to grasp what I have or be envious of what I don't. I vow not to harbor anger or ill will, or seek vengeance or retribution. I vow not to harbor anger or ill will, or seek vengeance or retribution. I vow not to disparage the three treasures. I vow not to disparage the three treasures. We asked, abiding according to these precepts, even after great liberation, will you continuously observe them? And you responded, yes, yes I, I will. will. So from that moment, you received Buddha's precepts and became a child of Buddha. You began really working for all beings and realizing Buddha nature as yourself. You recognize that you yourself and all beings are the Tathagata. 
by those acts of invocation, renunciation, confession, purification, taking refuge and receiving the precepts, you became the working basis of the Buddha way. You have become by those actions, the ground for the arising of the mind of awakening. Kim, would you bring me my papers? Here, would you write this one? I need the mine. Over many months, you sewed a rakasu, a form of Buddha's robe. Dogen Zenji, great Zen ancestor, revered the robe and said, you should know that this robe is what all Buddhas respect and take refuge in. It is the Buddha body, the Buddha mind. It is called the clothing of emancipation the robe of the field of happiness, the robe of no form, the unsurpassable robe, the robe of patience, the Tathagata's robe, the robe of great love and great compassion, the robe as victorious banner, the robe of supreme, penetrating, perfect enlightenment. You should indeed receive it with utmost respect. We should know that the robe is the body and mind of Buddha. Then he said, I could continue talking about the merit of the robe forever and the merit would not be exhausted. In my entire life, I could not fully express it. It is that vast and boundless. You showed de great dedication and patience and devotion in sewing Buddha's robe. One year ago, you received it in the formal ceremony of Jukai together with your Buddhist name and lineage papers. And then you did something almost inconceivable. You offered your Rakasu back to the Sangha so that anyone who has taken the precepts might wear it. Over the course of an entire year, Many Sangha members have worn these rakasu, and so the practice life of the whole Sangha has permeated them completely. They have been worn, embracing the sincerity and vow of each of you who sewed them. We have done our best to take good care of these precious gifts. Now we return them to you with grateful hearts and profound appreciation or the way they have deepened and enlivened the life and practice of our Sangha. Thank you for this luminous contribution to our community of practice, beloved beings who share our aspiration and vow. As I say your name, I will pass you your Rakasu.
John Doshin Miller, Way of Heart Mind. And so Shin McCready, natural heart mind. Dear Bodhisattvas, please continue with your sincere practice and wear these Rakasu with unflagging spirits and fearless optimism as dedicated ambassadors of the Dharma. I am deeply moved by your commitment to the past. You may now put on your Rakasu, Buddha's robe. I'd like to be the first to congratulate you both on this wonderful feat that you've, this thing you've accomplished and that you've accepted. And I'd like, I'd like to express my gratitude for your great patience and kindness <coughs> in this practice that we sowed and um, it was, we were together during our first um, course of sewing Rakasu, and you were, you were very kind to me. So I really appreciate that. So the ceremony has, is complete, and now we will um, go to the study for cake and refreshments. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Laurie? Yes. Well, pardon me for speaking, but would there be a chance for people online to also offer congratulations? Absolutely. Now would be the time, I think. I think so, before you. Yeah, I hate to stand between you and the cake, but, <laughs> but I want to say congratulations and, and to and to to say that I've had a chance from my viewpoint, even far away, to see the impact that that the first that this way of organizing the sewing of Rakasu and this this beautiful new tradition of sharing the rakasu with the with the um, community uh, the effect that those have had and, and been very moving to me and then i've seen what Anne and john do and how they have offered themselves in the community and so the uh, i was very moved by the by the line that you 
that you quoted today as part of the ceremony, Laurie, that um, in wearing a rakasu, you are the living basis of, of the Buddha Dharma. And it, uh, I really feel that. So thank you and congratulations. Anyone else? I'd like to say something. What also has happened is that thanks to John and Maria, a wonderful set of videotapes has been created about how to do the sewing, and this will help people in the future. Okay. Yes. Rosemary. Yeah, well, congratulations, Anne and John. Um, and I, I just wanted to say that the part of the um, this whole process where you gave back your rockasus, um when you received them and they gave them back to Peg, um, that was such a teaching for me. I my, my jaw dropped. I could not <laughs> seriously it, it it really um as you know i'm fairly new with this practice and um it taught me a lot um to um um release release um this wonderful thing you made um yeah and um yeah taking the precepts now and seeing the the whole process and the ending of it it's not the ending but the um conclusion of this this part and you're getting them back is really really moving so um congratulations and um it's very inspiring thank you thank you becky i as a distant person have not had the opportunity to wear your rakasu i'm not at a place in my practice where i would also be able to do that but as we, as we develop our relationships over time, because they are here, they are here amongst us all, that I know that the Zoom aspect, the cloud Sangha, will be able to imbue both the, both the Zendo and the Rakasus as they're, as they're passed around, not because we can necessarily wear them, but we'll find a way. Because what that is in terms of Sangha and our relationships is a very powerful one. And so I just want to say with whatever I can, as you carry it away, I'd also like to touch it now to say, thank you so much and welcome Welcome totally to the work that you're to do next. Thank you, Becky. Anyone else? Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I guess we'll sign off then. And I'll, I'll eat a piece of cake for you if you want. <laughs> Each and every one of you. <laughs> I bought enough for, for this many people and more. But anyway, um, okay. 
Well, take good care today. Thank you for being here for this ceremony. I, I really appreciate it and I'm sure our students do too. And it's always wonderful to have you all here with us. So um, with that, I'll, I'll bid adieu until next time.